Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.05 here, or 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to the Daytona 500 preview edition of Fast Track here on WGR. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thank you for listening. Our second show of the 2017 season, and it's a big one, of course, as we kick off the 2017 season for the NASCAR Cup Series, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, as it is now known. But uh, we'll just call it the Cup Series probably. With today's running, the 59th running of the Great American Race, the Daytona 500 at the uh, Daytona International Speedway and always kicking off the year with uh, the biggest race of the year. And it's going to be a a real big one today, I think. I'm really excited for today's race. I think it's going to be maybe the most wide open and exciting Daytona race uh, 500 we've had in in quite some time. A great show lined up for you this morning. We're on for two hours, 11 to 1 here today on WGR. We will lead into live flag-to-flag coverage of the Daytona 500. You'll hear it right here on WGR. We'll hand things off to our friends at the Motor Racing Network at 1 o'clock with their pre-race coverage. With uh, race coverage starting at just after 2, uh, the official green flag time is right around 2.30. Just uh, you want to keep that in mind if you're going to be out and about this afternoon and you want to you know, be in your uh, couch, be on your couch or in front of your radio just in time to catch the green flag. That'll be about two thirty. So all the, you know, all the the singing and praying they do before the race that you, that'll be that'll get going about quarter after two. So you might want to uh, keep that in mind. So green flag around two thirty. Uh, speaking, excuse me, of the Motor Racing Network, we'll have Kurt Becker who will be on the broadcast today. He'll join us live from Daytona at the bottom of the hour here in our first hour of the program. Kurt, a uh, veteran motorsports and horse racing announcer, I should should add. Uh, he'll join us with a preview at the bottom of the hour. Also coming up on today's program, of course, if you're uh, familiar with Speed Weeks, of course, not all the action is just at Daytona. There are a lot of short tracks in and around the area of Daytona with racing action that has been going on for longer than two weeks now. Tracks like Volusia and East Bay Raceway and New Smyrna. Well, one of the drivers that picked up a win down there is familiar to race fans here in Western New York, Tyler Ripkema, who got a big win on Tuesday night at the at the New Smyrna Speedway in the uh, World Series of Short Track Racing. Got his first career modified win, and uh, we're going to talk to Tyler at about uh, 1150 here this morning on the program. Tyler, of course, a regular with the Race of Champions Modified Series, and uh, Tyler coming off uh, his best season to date on the ROC Series, uh, showing a lot of improvement, one of the up-and-coming young guns on the uh, on that series. So we'll talk to Tyler about his big win at 1150. In our second hour, at about quarter after noon, we're going to talk to Alex Nagy from the Jucasa Motor Speedway, or as you might remember it, the Cayuga Motor Speedway over in Nels Corners, Ontario. Uh, that racetrack has sat dormant for a few years, but it is ready to come back to life later this year, and it's coming back in a big way because uh, some folks have taken it over, and they are investing some big money into that facility, uh, improving it, repaving it, adding some banking, 
and uh, they're going to return to action uh, later this summer. So, And they've hired Alex to run the facility for them. Alex is a former racer himself. He's run with the old cast car, uh, NASCAR Canadian Tire, now Pinty's series. So we're going to talk to Alex about the rebirth of the Cuga Motor Speedway under its new name, Jucasa Motor Speedway, uh, at quarter past uh, 12 noon here on the program for our two-hour edition of WGR's Fast Track. But we also have plenty of time for you, race fans. 803-0551-888-550-2550. Real simple today. Your picks to win the Daytona 500. Uh, who are you pulling for in today's race? Who do you think is going to win? And also, if you have any you know, season picks, you think who's going to win the championship or who's going to be your uh, final four going into Homestead for the championship, if you want to throw those in there as well, too. Love to hear that as well. One other thing, though, I- I'm looking for this morning uh, or this after- later this afternoon uh, you, of course, you know, we have we're just a few weeks removed from the Super Bowl, of course, and you, you, know, you go to a Super Bowl party or, or you with the Super Bowl. Of course, there are there is some um, <clears throat> gambling, not not legal, but, you know, uh, wagering uh, units uh, on the game. And more importantly, there's always fun games to play, whether you do squares or prop bets or, or anything like that. Um, but I'd like to know if you do anything similar for the Daytona 500. There are uh, numerous ways to, to have fun with your friends and, and uh, add a little action along with watching the race. So if you have a game that you like to play at your Daytona 500 party, I would love to hear about it. Uh, just to see what people watch for along with watching the race to see what kind of uh, things they do to, to add a little entertainment as they watch the race here later today. Um, I know when uh, I, I go to Phoenix and my uh, my wife's family, uh, you know, they go to the, the races at Phoenix uh, bo- both times of the year. And what they do is they get a deck of playing cards and uh, they they take out of that deck that, you know, they get 40 cards and they write the uh, write a name of a driver in the field on 40 different cards. And uh, you put some units into the pot and you get two cards and uh, whoever's driver has the lowest total finish. You know, if you if you have se- the second place finisher and the fifth place finisher, that's seven points. If you have the lowest score, you win the pot, as it were. So uh, if you have something similar, I'd love to hear about that for your Daytona 500 party. Also, uh, don't forget our Fast Track Fantasy League is up and running. We've got a strong field of 47 competitors in our uh, uh, Fast Track Fantasy League. So if you want to sign up, uh, check out our Facebook page. You can find the link on there and uh, also... Uh, I will tweet it out as well, too. Um, But you can just uh, sign up through um, uh, foxsports.com. That's where we're playing the game once again this year. So uh, during the next break, I will tweet out a link. But also you can find it over on our Facebook page. But today's race, I'll tell you what, I'm really excited for the Daytona 500. It it has been uh, a fun week uh, at least watching the cup cars, if you watch the truck in Xfinity races this weekend, you might be a little bit more nervous. But uh, I don't think we're going to see a... A similar uh, turnout today, but really, I was impressed after the clash last Sunday and the qualifying races on Thursday. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic race. And you know, the last couple of years, um, it seems like the the getting a, a two lanes of drafting and uh, trying to get that second lane to kind of pull up alongside and, and take a run at the leader. It's been hard. They usually stall out by the time they get to the front of the line. But this year, I think it's going to be a lot different. And we saw some, uh, you know, exciting side-by-side action, um, especially on, on, on Thursday's qualifying races. So I'm really looking forward um, to, to seeing what happens later on today uh, in the Daytona 500. 
Looking at the starting lineup for today's race, uh, in qualifying last Sunday, Chase Elliott winning the pole, his second straight pole position. In third straight year, the 24 team has won the pole position. He will lead the field to green today. Now, one interesting thing, I was looking back at the winners of the Daytona 500, and I noticed that a pole winner for the Daytona 500 has not won the race since 2000. Dale Jarrett uh, did it in 2000. Jeff Gordon did it the year before in 1999. But since then, a pole winner has not won the Daytona 500. So if you uh, are uh, a Chase Elliott fan or he is on your fantasy lineup, maybe keep that in mind. Uh, it just uh, just caught that interesting that it's been uh, 17 years since a pole winner has, da- has won the Daytona 500. And, of course, he'll be joined by Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, on the front row for today's race. And uh, the performance by the Chevys this week is the other thing that has made this race a lot more wide open for me. Uh, you know, it, it's... The Fords and Toyotas had been so dominant uh, at the beginning of speed weeks, and especially in the uh, you know the clash last week and some of the early practice sessions. But the Chevys have stepped up their game, and they really impressed me on Thursday with Chase winning his dual race. You had Dale Jr. leading the most of his dual race until Denny Hamlin got by him with two to go. You saw Jamie McMurray out there. Um, you know, doing a phenomenal job. He was real aggressive uh, in his qualifying race on Thursday. So the the Chevys has something to say today as well, too. It's not just going to be the Toyotas and Fords dominating. Uh, it seems like the the Chevys will be right in the mix as well, and they're going to have the, the first two cars, uh, you know, on the front row for today's race. Uh, 803-0551, 888-552-550. Let's go to Tony and Clarence. Tony, good morning. You're our first caller of the year. Well, I, I just want to thank the station and thank you for bringing us this information, which I, I would not have been able to uh, gather on my own. So you really do a great job at this. Uh, I just want to say that, you know, you know Mark Kelso from the broadcast team of the Bills has, uh, I guess he's in charge of two teams for today's race. Yeah, I learned about this. I didn't know about this until a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, Fox Sports 1, they had Jim Kelly on uh, at the start of Speed Weeks, and that led them to a feature story about uh, our color commentator on our Buffalo Bills radio network, Mark Kelso, who's the director of operations for JTG Doherty Racing, which of course is A.J. Allmendinger's team. And now this year, they're a two-car operation as they've hired Chris Busher uh, to drive a second car for JTG Doherty. And it's a pretty funny thing how it happened. Mark Kelso, of course, went to William & Mary. His roommate in college was Tad Geschechter, who is the co-owner of JTG Doherty Racing. He's the he's the T&G in JTG along with his wife Jody. And then, of course, uh, Brad Doherty, the former uh, NBA player and co- uh, college basketball standout. Uh, they're the, the owners of the team. But uh, they were roommates in college, and they fired Mark to be the director of operations. I think that's really neat that uh, Mark is involved in the sport. Yeah. How do you look at that? I don't know where they finished in the qualifying, but what what do you expect from the uh, Almondinger driving for this team and Busher being just uh, procured to drive also? How do you size up their chances today? I Do they have basically... Uh, what uh, I don't know. You didn't hear Friday's show on the Bills uh, show during the week, but he was on for a good forty minutes with Kel- with uh, John Murphy, and uh, he spoke of the fact that they just want to finish in the top fifteen. If they can get that, they'll be happy. How do you see their chances today? And uh, I just want to ask also about your new child. How's the child doing for you? Oh, thank. well, thank you for the phone call, Tony. Uh, Rebecca is doing great. Thank you for asking. She is uh, 22 months uh, as of yesterday. Um, I know that that whole, if you don't have kids, you don't appreciate 
saying how many months old your child is, but I could say she's one years old, but when she turned one last April to versus being a one-year-old now, she's a completely different baby. And uh, so that's why I say she's 22 months. She turns two in, in a couple of months. She's doing fantastic. Thank you. She's walking. She is hopefully listening to the show with her mom right now. Uh, but JTG Doherty's racing chances today. Unfortunately, Tony, they're both starting in row 19. So they're going to be at the back of the pack. Now, of course, we know. At Daytona, restrictor plate racing, where you start isn't indicative on how you're going to finish this race because with restrictor plate racing, it is very easy to come from the back of the field uh, to the front of the field, of course. So anything's possible. You know, they're not going to go out and, you know, be be a dominant team now. All of a sudden, they're two cars. It'll definitely help their operation. They'll be getting, you know, two input sources of data now on race weekends, you know, along with the, the help they get from RCR, of course. So it, it can only help the team, and hopefully, it you know, they can get back one of their cars in the chase this year. Maybe AJ, of course, could pull off a road course win. You know, Chris Busher got into the chase last year, thanks in part to a rainout, but he won a race last year driving for Front Row Motorsports. So, you know, anything is possible, and it doesn't hurt when you have a multi-car operation. So uh, I, I don't look for them to be favorites today, obviously, but... Um, can can they win a race this year? Sure, anything's possible again, especially when you got a guy like Almendinger with the road courses, and they'll only get better as the as the season goes on, as they're able to record, get more information from having two cars at the racetrack week in and week out. But yeah, uh, uh, something if you're uh, if you don't have a favorite driver, maybe, and you're going to be watching today, but you're looking for a uh, a Buffalo tie-in, there's one right there, a Mark Kelso. Uh, being the director of operation of operations for JTG Doherty Racing and their drivers uh, Chris Busher and uh, AJ Almendinger, who got to start uh, way back in row thirty nine. Tony, thank you for the phone call eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Um, real quick, just I, I hit the front row. Let's I'll just quickly run through the front row, the top starters, and some of the other notable, notable names in the field. But row two, Jamie McMurray and Denny Hamlin, who won the second qualifying race on Thursday night. Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, Stuart Haas racing teammates. Four drivers this year, don't forget. Uh, they're rolling off from row three. Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch in row four. Matt Kenseth and Austin Dillon, your top ten starters. Uh, Trevor Bain, former race winner, driving for Roush Fenway, of course. He's now the senior driver at Roush Fenway this year. How about that? The fact that Trevor Bain, who was, you talked about him being such a young kid when he won this race back in 2011. He's now the senior member over at Roush Fenway with the departure of Greg Biffle. Uh, Greg is not in today's race. That's another uh, you know familiar name to, to race fans that is no longer in the Cup Series, along with Carl Edwards and Tony Stewart. You know, Greg... Uh, he and Roush parted ways and no other rides materialized. And now Greg has taken a role over at NBC Sports. So at the moment, you know, Greg is not going to be an active driver in the Cup Series. So uh, Bain rolls off 11th alongside Danica Patrick in, in row six. Of course, uh, she had a good run in the uh, Clash on Sunday. Uh, other names in the field. Kyle Larson rolls off 16th. Daniel Suarez, who, of course, stepping in for Carl Edwards this year at Joe Gibbs Racing, his first Daytona 500, the reigning Xfinity Series champion. He rolls off 19th. Kyle Busch, 21st. Jimmy Johnson has had a rough speed weeks. A couple of spinouts in the clash on Sunday. Uh, more bad luck in, in his dual race on Thursday night. He will roll off 24th. Casey Kane is 26. Michael Waltrip, his final Cup Series start, his 30th Daytona 500. Of course, he's run, won this race twice. He rolls off in the 30th spot today. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., of course, uh, finished second by that much last year. Uh, he was 
back there as well, too. He starts 35th alongside Ryan Blaney, who's, of course, driving for the Wood Brothers in 36th starting position. Uh, one other name I, I overlooked. I should We should call out, since we do have some Canadian listeners, DJ Kennington starts 28th today in the field, the first Canadian to start the Daytona 500 since, I believe it was 1988, Trevor Boys. Uh, was the last time a, a Canadian started the Daytona 500. Uh, Jacques Villeneuve attempted to qualify a few years ago but failed. So uh, congrats to to DJ and um, uh, his team. They're a, a, obviously a small operation, and they got in by the skin of their teeth in their qualifying race on Thursday. So cool to see. Uh, if you're not familiar with DJ Kennington, a longtime uh, driver up in Canada with uh, the Pinty Series, the Canadian Tire Series, uh, late model racer too from up north, a uh, phenomenal driver, and he's, he's run some Xfinity Series races, and uh, he will uh, start 28th today. So, uh, I mean, if you look at the field, there every you know everybody's there's a lot of big names towards the back of the pack, and you'll see a lot of comers and goers um, this afternoon. Uh, it, but it, it is so hard to, for me to pick a favorite. I'd be getting asked all week, you know, who do you like for the Daytona 500? And it is hard to to pick one name you you know sometimes you can just see one guy or, or one team that's been bad fast all week and you know that they've been the dominant the operation throughout speed weeks but that has not been the case you know we we came into speed weeks knowing the Toyotas were going to be strong the Penske Fords have been fast but then you had the performance of the Hendrick cars in qualifying on Sunday and in the dual race on Thursday so it's you know really hard to pick a name but if when you put my feet to the fire as it were uh, I, I guess I would have to go with Joey Logano for for the for the win this afternoon. Joey doesn't, you know, he's starting mid pack. He's starting fifteenth today, but uh, he was fast. He's fast in practice again yesterday. He's been consistently at the top of the speed charts throughout speed weeks. So I guess Logano is going to be my pick for this afternoon. Either him, him or uh, I guess one B would be his teammate Brad Keselowski. I just like the the you know the speed that the the Penske cars have shown the consistency. They've been uh, up front for, for most of Speedways. The only disappointment was really pole qualifying. You know, uh, he and, and actually Eric Almarola, too, they were like the two last guys to go out in, in pole qualifying last Sunday, and their times wound up being uh, rather flat, as, you know, and, and it was almost shocking that those two didn't find their way into the top 12 after being the fastest in the uh, practice session that set the qualifying order for uh, the 500, and they just kind of went out there, and it was almost like it just uh, a lead balloon, and just they got out there and didn't even uh, factor and didn't make it into the second round of qualifying into the top 12. So I guess that's the only misstep that Logano has had in speed weeks was pole qualifying. Um, but Joey is an excellent plate racer. He is one of the best in the series right now, and uh, I think he will definitely be a factor uh, this afternoon, and he's going to be my pick for the win uh, for today's Daytona 500 to get his second win in three years uh, in the Great American Race. If you're looking for a dark horse today, um, I, I guess you can call him, you know, McMurray starting third. I guess it makes him a little less of a dark horse, but, you know, with Ganassi Racing, not one of the power teams, uh, McMurray, I guess, is my guy to keep an eye on uh, this afternoon. I thought he was real aggressive on Thursday in the dual race, and he could really, you know, pick and choose his way through the field, kind of much like Brad Keselowski did last Sunday in the Clash race. And it was, it was phenomenal to watch Brad and Jamie the way they they worked their way. It was almost like a game of Frogger, almost just leaping kind of from car to car. Especially Keselowski last Sunday, you know, to get the side draft. And he'd, he'd be able to get around somebody and then find a hole to switch a lane and then side draft off somebody else. And he would just kind of go, you know, 
uh, go back and forth, lane to lane, and go and work his way slowly through the field. And he was really aggressive on Sunday in the clash race. And McMurray kind of did the same on Thursday, too. So I think, you know, McMurray is uh, my, my guy to kind of keep an eye on in today's race in the one car. Again, starting third will certainly help. But uh, I, I definitely someone you want to keep an eye on just for uh, his aggressiveness. Now, maybe he'll he'll be a little more reserved today in a longer race, but uh, he's definitely, uh, you know, has a shot here to win the race. Uh, the former winner of this race, too, don't forget, won it back in 2010 with Ganassi Racing. So he's looking for his second career win uh, in the great American race. Again, 803-0551-888-550-2550. Of course, the actions of... Uh, last Sunday and Thursday in the qualifying races had me really excited for the 500. A lot of people are worried based on what they've seen this weekend. If you look at the truck race on Friday and the, uh, yesterday's Xfinity race on Saturday, they have been uh, they were ugly. There was uh, a lot of huge wrecks in both races. Uh, your typical big one, you know, that we get in restrictor plate racing, uh, especially. Uh, the Xfinity race yesterday, I mean, within the first 30 laps, there was two huge multi-car pileups, including one that required, you know, 45 minutes of a red flag to clean up. I don't think we're going to see that today. I And I, the big reason I for the, the major wrecks in, in yesterday's race, especially the truck series, was the lack of experience in the field. Uh, one of the uh, negative side effects of the fact that NASCAR has rolled back how much cup drivers can run in those series, you know, um, they can only, depending if they're a, a five year plus veteran, they can only run so many races. Uh, they can't run the dash for cash races. They can't run in the playoff races for those series. Uh, I forget the limit off the top of my head if it's five or 10 that they can run in the, the truck and Xfinity series. So a, a lot of the cup guys, uh, you know, have sat out the races, especially the truck series. You did see, you know, Casey Kane, uh, Daniel Suarez, a couple other cup guys in the Xfinity race yesterday. But, uh, you know, Kyle Busch wasn't in, in either race either. So there was a lot of young drivers in the field, a lot of drivers that don't have a lot of laps uh, on a restrictor play track. And it showed big time uh, on both Friday and Saturday, which is why I don't think we'll see a repeat of that today because you do have much, much more experienced drivers out there today in the cup race. Uh, you know, pretty much just about everybody except for, you know, D uh, Daniel Suarez and uh, Eric Jones, who was, uh, you know, starting today for Furniture Row Racing. I think everybody in the field has been in a, a restrictor plate cup race that is uh, in today's starting grid. So I don't think you'll see as many of those major pileups because these guys are a little bit smarter. They know how to draft better and, and you know, push the guy in front of them a little bit better than some of these younger guys do uh, in the Xfinity and truck. Uh, truck races that we saw this weekend so it doesn't mean we won't see one i mean it, it is daytona it is you know restrictor plate racing you know they're not perfect so they're, they're, you'll, you'll likely see at least one quote-unquote big one but uh, i don't think it'll be as ugly as we've seen the last two weeks and i mean we we saw a fantastic clean finish in last year's race of court well it wasn't completely clean when matt kenseth got bumped out of the way but didn't crash uh, but to see them come to the line as close as they did last year and not wreck was amazing. So I think you'll see a much cleaner race today um, compared to what we've already seen this weekend, and I, I think you'll you'll see more of what we saw on Thursday in the dual races, which, again, were phenomenal and some of the best racing we've seen at Daytona in the Cup Series in the last couple of years. All right, we're coming up on our first break here. We are on for two hours today. Don't forget, 
Uh, coming up in the next segment, Kurt Becker from the Motor Racing Network will join us live from the World Center of Racing. He is on today's broadcast of the Daytona 500. You'll hear it right here on WGR right after we're done at 1 o'clock. Also, still phone lines open for you, 803-0551-888-552-550. Your picks to win the Daytona 500 and your Daytona 500 party games. How do you... Uh, Add to the excitement, your version, I guess, of, of Super Bowl squares for your Daytona 500 party. I'd love to hear about that, too. Uh, plenty more when we get back here on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Kurt Busch, driver of the Haas Automation Monster Energy Ford Fusion. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Thank you, Kurt Busch. Kurt rolls off eighth today in the running of the Great American Race and, of course, Stuart Haas Racing with the uh, Ford Power this year making the, the switch, the surprise switch. Actually, uh, you know, the they do that. The You go on Facebook and you can see, like, your, your post from, like, years past on this day. And actually, a couple days ago was, I remember sharing the post of, of Stuart Haas announcing they were switching to Ford and how that just caught everybody by surprise that Tony Stewart, you know, everybody thought he was such a strong Chevy guy and, you know, there he goes and he switches it to Ford and so there'll be uh four extra Fords in the field today with Kurt Busch and of course Kevin Harvick Clinton Boyer who uh, is of course filling in for Tony Stewart and uh or taking over for Tony Stewart and Danica Patrick uh is the fourth uh, Stewart Haas car um if you are uh, if you're a Tony Stewart fan I would love to know where your allegiances lie now now that smoke has retired uh do you just graduate into being a Clint Boyer fan or if you have you picked a completely different driver have you gone over to the Harvick camp uh, are you just a junior fan now or who is your favorite driver uh, if you uh, were a Tony Stewart fan or you just cheer for Stewart Haas cars uh, in general uh, that would I would love to hear that too 803-0551-888-550-2550 uh, real quick we got Kurt Becker coming up from MRN in just a moment but uh the celebrity watch, as it were, for the uh, Daytona 500, uh, your notable names. Uh, the national anthem is going to be sung by Jordan Sparks today, the former American Idol contestant. LT, LaDainian Tomlinson, waving the green flag for today's race. The uh, great running back from uh, the Chargers and the Jets, he'll wave the green flag. Your grand marshal is Owen Wilson, who, of course, is uh, going to be... Uh, Bringing back his role of Lightning McQueen for Cars 3, which also feature 12 different NASCAR personalities doing voices. And uh, Lady Antebellum is doing the pre-race concert. So if you're a country music fan, look forward to that. I know my Sabres Radio Network colleague, uh, Pat Malacaro, I'm sure he'll be all excited to see Lady A perform uh, this afternoon at the Daytona 500. Right now, though, let's go to the AT&T hotline and bring in... One of the voices you'll hear on today's broadcast of the Great American Race, which you'll hear right here on WGR from the Motor Racing Network, Kurt Becker joins us live from Daytona. Kurt, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk to you. Good to be with you. It's a glorious day in Daytona Beach, Florida. Sunny skies, temperature around 70 degrees. Absolutely a marvelous day to go racing. Yeah, obviously uh, we had some rain earlier in the week, but no worries about that today, Kurt. And uh, I'll tell you what, with everything, all the major changes and the action we've seen already this week from the Cup Series, Kurt, uh, I've I, I've never I haven't been this excited for a day twenty five hundred in a couple of years. This could this going to be a wide open race. I, I, what are you guys thinking over there at MRN? Yeah, it is. It's a deep field. It's a talented field. It's difficult to get a handle on who one would name as the chalk or the favorite. Now, uh, some of the word around the garage area, there are those who believe that Brad Keselowski is, of course, he drives the Miller Lite Ford for Team Penske. Your defending winner, 
Denny Hamlin, the FedEx Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, another driver a lot of folks have been talking about. And, and then you've got the Stuart Haas Racing. Of course, they're, they're going to Ford this year. An open race. Yeah, definitely. And and even the Chevrolet's, Kurt, you know, with qualifying last weekend with, with Chase and Dale qualifying on the front row, uh, a lot of people were talking about the Fords and Toyotas coming into Speed Weeks, but the Chevys, since last Sunday and, and Thursday's duels, the Chevys, especially the Hendrick cars, showing that they've got something to say in today's race as well, too, right? Yeah, they really do. I mean, all Hendrick Motorsports, all Chevrolet front row, All right, Mike, I'm going to put Kurt on hold. Why don't you uh, uh, follow up with him here to see if he can get a a better bit of uh, cell coverage. Unfortunately, when you got a large crowd amassed like you do, cell coverage can be sketchy and with with Sprint pulling out (laughs) after last year. uh, Who knows what what cell coverage is like and how it cup races with uh, a cellular provider (laughs) at the track like we've had the last decade or so. So we'll see if uh, Mike can get... Uh, Kurt to get either get a landline or uh, uh, find somewhere better to get some cell coverage. We'll try and get Kurt back on here in a minute. Speaking of, of the large crowd, it is a sellout for the second year in a row. Uh, over 100,000 grandstand seats. Uh, they will all be filled today. Uh, I think it's like 101,000 or so uh, as uh, International Speedway Corporation uh, late la- uh, late yesterday announcing that it is a sellout for the second straight year, which is great to see, of course, as uh, it's been uh, w- well documented about the uh, the troubles with uh, television ratings, of course, and uh, ticket sales at, at some NASCAR events. It is a, a sellout for the second straight year uh, for the Daytona 500, and of course, the second year with the uh, the new Daytona, with all the renovations they had put in over the last couple of years, and uh, you know, the the new seating and everything they've done, it's uh, really remarkable uh, to see that place. I can't wait to, to get there in person. I haven't been there in, in quite a few years, but uh, to, to see what the new Daytona looks like, you know, that was the big story, of course, last year um, with, with all the major renovations. And they did take out some seating, you know, they removed the backstretch grandstands and everything. But uh, I this new stadium experience that they've been calling it, uh, calling you know, referring to as a stadium um it's certainly uh, paying off with uh, another strong crowd, and, and the weather certainly doesn't help uh, as well either. Of course, you know, Wednesday, there was a, a r- lot of rain in the Daytona area on Wednesday. Thursday, too, uh, threatened the duels there, but they did get those in. But uh, just watching uh, some of the television coverage here in the studio if, with uh, Fox Sports, uh, with their pre-race coverage, uh, it's a bright and sunny day uh, for the Daytona 500. As uh, we'll be getting Kurt, Kurt Becker uh, back here in just a minute, one of the things I wanted to talk to Kurt about, of course, all the rule changes coming into this year. Uh, we've seen some of those now come into play. Um, just watching the uh, Truck and Xfinity Series races already this weekend, we've gotten our first tastes of stage racing and uh, the five-minute damage rule, of course, too, where drivers that uh, have their cars damaged in an on-track incident um, you know, they have five minutes to make repairs on pit road or, or they have to drop out of the race. You no longer can take a car back to the garage area to make repairs. You can't, uh, you know, bolt on new sheet metal. You can only, you know, 
repair holes with with uh, you know duct tape or, or you know re- reattaching parts that have fallen off and it uh, that did come into play uh, big time. A lot of people were uh, had, had were expressing their feelings about it on social media to say the least. Especially in the tr- the truck race Friday night, of course there was a big wreck on the the second lap of the race and uh, Stuart Friesen unfortunately was caught up in it. So uh, you know it it certainly you know keeps the uh the the number of of drivers you know running late in a race when there are a big a lot of crashes that we saw uh in both races you know it kind of does reduce the number of cars or trucks running uh towards the end of the race but uh you know we'll let's get Kurt Becker on back on here Kurt uh, glad we got you back uh just talking about some of the rule changes Kurt we've gotten our our first taste of uh the new stage formats and the new damage rules this weekend in Daytona um, and, and we certainly saw those come into play in both races already this weekend. Yeah, we, we really did. Of course, uh, in the race yesterday for the NASCAR Xfinity Series, you had one 18-car uh, accident. You had another where nine cars were involved. And a number of drivers did not meet, a number of teams, I should say, did not meet the five-minute clock requirement. And for folks who are new to NASCAR or new to the rule, it, it is a new policy instituted for this year, a damaged vehicle policy. Uh, if you're involved in an accident... Repairs have to be made on pit road. You cannot replace entire body panels, fenders, door skins, things like that. Uh, There is a five-minute clock, and if the repairs can be made and if the driver returns to the track and maintains minimum speed, then the five-minute clock is canceled at that point, and you're good to go. But if the damage is such that you have to go behind the wall, go into the garage area, Mm -hmm. your day is done at that point. And, and you know, guys, with the the stage racing, where now championship points as well as bonus points for the playoffs are going to be awarded in the various stages throughout the course of the race, I don't think there's any doubt that that has inspired uh, a number of drivers to really put the hammer down and try to get into that top ten when each stage concludes. Yeah, it's obviously going to play into a lot of team strategy depending where they are running as these stages come to a conclusion. And uh, we know now, uh, it, you know, the pits will close two laps before a stage is going to come to an end. Do you think, uh, Kurt, uh, when we get to the end of these first two stages, you know, as they start to wind down, do you think we'll see a, a lot of teams that are maybe running, you know, twentieth or twenty fifth, that they try and jump into the pits early and get a jump on those teams running up front and maybe do a little pit strategy with that today? I don't think there's any doubt that we're going to see that. To the, to the point of pit strategy, yeah, before pit road closes, at the conclusion of each uh, stage, I think you will definitely see some crew chiefs that are going to get creative and uh, call their team down to pit road. I think you're going to see a lot of teams on their own pit sequence as the day unfolds. And you know, guys, as, as far as the, the championship point incentive to be in the top ten in those stages, hearing a lot of... Uh, uh, conflicting reports out of the garage area today. On the one hand, you've got Kevin Harvick, for example, who's gone on record as saying, you better go for as many of those championship points as you can in each stage. If you don't, five or six races down the road, you're going to realize how far in the hole you are. You're going to wish you had done so. And then other drivers are telling us, no way am I going to do that. I'm not going to risk tearing up my car for a few extra points. I want to lay back and try to conserve the car and be there at the end of the day. 
it seems like Kurt with these playoff points, the the one thing that really is is going to get the drivers going about earning the playoff points is the fact that they roll over for each of the rounds during the playoffs, and it, it really gives them a little bit of a margin error in case you know, say they have a bad day at Martinsville in October, they know that they've got those extra playoff points, and it may be you know like we've seen the first two years of the elimination format, one bad day in a round could maybe end your season. Uh, this gives them a little bit of, of margin of error if they have enough playoff points saved up. It does, and that, that has been met with a very positive response in the garage area from the driving community. And, and the other thing that, that we've heard mentioned is the fact that recognizing a regular season champion as well, that, that's a big deal. I, I know that uh, Greg Biffle, who was on our broadcast yesterday, he told us just before we went on the air, he, he said he could remember one year when, uh, when he was leading the point standings in mm. regular season, but then by the time everything was reseeded to start the playoffs, he found himself down around seventh or eighth position. And Greg had pointed out that he's he's glad to see that NASCAR is taking steps to reward that entire body of work. Uh, last thing, Kurt, uh, you know, uh, one of the big storylines going to this year is the fact that Tony Stewart's retired, Carl Edwards retired, uh, the aforementioned Mr. Biffle is also not with us in the Cup Series, and we got another wave of young drivers coming into the Cup Series. A couple years ago it was Austin Dillon and Kyle Larson. Last year, you know, it was, it was Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney, and now this year we've got the likes of uh, Daniel Suarez and Eric Jones and Ty Dillon moving into the Cup Series full-time. Uh, this great infusion of young talent, not only makes it promising for the sport years to come. But what kind of impact do you think, especially Suarez and Eric Jones, they're going to have on the Cup Series this year? Well, this morning, just chatting with my colleagues here at Motor Racing Network, we, we took a little spin and went for a stroll through the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series garage. And we turned the corner, and, and there was the car that will be driven today by Daniel Suarez. And one of our announcers, he spoke up, and he said, you know, it would not surprise me to see him end up in victory lane today. Uh, that might be a bit ambitious, but, you know, Daniel, Daniel's been very smart throughout the course of this speed weeks. He's just been uh, gaining more seat time in the cup car. Keep in mind, he wasn't expected to be in this ride. And yep. the, the announcement came that Carl Edwards was stepping down a few weeks ago. Uh, and I think long term, the other drivers that you mentioned, the, the Eric Joneses, the Ty Dillons of the world. Uh, yeah, I, I think you know, the future is bright for NASCAR. Don't know how many of those drivers will end up with wins on their resume at the end of 2017, but if it doesn't happen this year, I think it'll happen soon. Kurt, what can we look forward to on today's pre-race show that we'll be listening to here on WGR? Well, we're going to have a little fun. We've uh, we've got some segments coming up in our pre-race today. Uh, my colleague Alex Hayden, he visited with Ladanian Tomlinson with LT, whom you all mentioned just before I came on a few moments ago. Uh, our Kyle Ricky sat down and chatted with Jordan Sparks, and I had a chance to talk to Mario Andretti. You know, Mario won the Daytona 500 50 years ago, yeah. and as a result, NASCAR and the officials here at Daytona have brought him back to honor him. He is an honorary race official for the day. You know, what was, what's neat for those of us on site was just to watch the fans run up to the fence and, uh, and try to get Mario's attention, and he was so gracious. You know, he stepped around the corner, signed autographs, and posed for pictures, and, uh, you know, he, he is just a true gentleman and a wonderful ambassador for racing. Did you happen to ask about that extra-long pit stop that he had to overcome late in that race? <laughs> you know, we, we did touch on the fact, I, I asked him, I said, look, I, I know when you came here you drove for Holman Moody, one of the most legendary teams in the history of NASCAR, and that Fred Lorenzen was the flagship driver 
for that team. And I asked, how well did you know Fred at that time? And, and he said, I didn't know him at all back in 1967. Mm-hmm. He said, we did become friends after the fact. Uh, you know, Mario uh, in, in the media center, right before we had a chance to talk to him, he told the press at large, uh, he kind of touched on the fact that he felt like that really uh, Ford wanted Freddie uh, to be <laughs> the guy that went to Victory Lane because he was the flagship driver. But as Mario quickly added, he said, look, I understand that. He said, I didn't understand it as well back then yeah. as I look back now. And he said, and he said, I get it. Well, Kurt, uh, we'll be looking forward to the broadcast today here in WGR. Uh, great to chat with you. We've had a lot of your MRN colleagues uh, on, on this program. We've been on the air for 10 years. So uh, great to talk to you. Have a great call on today's broadcast, and thank you for the time. And we appreciate you all being part of the Motor Racing Network family and look forward to talking to you again soon. And enjoy the race. Will do, Kurt. Have fun today. Thank you. All right, Kurt Becker from the Motor Racing Network. He'll be uh, one of the, uh, I believe, one of the anchors in the booth today, uh, along with some of his colleagues on today's broadcast of the Great America Race. Again, you can hear it right here on WGR. If you don't know what I'm talking about with Andretti with the extra long pit stop, uh, when he won the race 50 years ago in 1967, uh, he was in contention with Freddie Lorenzen, uh, his teammate, at Holman Moody, they were both driving Fords, and they came down for the final pit stop of the race, and Mario was leading, and legend has it that his his Holman Moody crew was told to hold up Mario just a few extra seconds on pit road so Lorenzen can get out first because, you know, Mario was kind of just a hired gun for the 500, whereas Lorenzen was going for the season championship. And so Lorenzen got off a of pit row first, and, and they didn't drop the jack as quickly for Mario. Despite that, Andretti came back and, and passed Lorenzen and wound up winning the race 50 years ago. But that, that was the, uh, that's why I, I had to ask if uh, he talked to Mario about that extra long pit stop. But uh, good to see that uh, time has, of course, healed all wounds between Mario and uh, the late Freddie Lorenzen and the folks at the Ford Motor Company uh, as uh, one of the, the great stories uh, of the history of the Daytona 500. All right, we get back. Uh, we'll talk to Tyler Ripkema. Picked up a big win at New Smyrna on Tuesday night, and uh, we'll have more here on the special two-hour edition of Fast Track on WGR. Hey, race fans, it's Dave Buchanan for my friends at Batavia Downs, and first off, I just want to say welcome back and thank you to uh, Batavia Downs for once again sponsoring Fast Track. Uh, they've been with, with us now for three years, and and really appreciate Ryan and everybody at Batavia Downs for supporting this program. Uh, really means a lot to me. Uh, Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination. The place is awesome. I, I drove by it a couple of weeks ago. It was in Batavia. They've got the new hotel there. Uh, they've done so much work just in the last couple of years alone. The place looks outstanding. The whole main entrance has been renovated recently. The gaming floor looks outstanding. They've got tons of awesome ga- awesome games there at Batavia Downs. And of course, today would be a great day to go to 34 Rush. They've got all the big screens. Uh, maybe I don't know if they're going to roll out the 15-foot projection screen for the Daytona 500, but other way, either way, you should head if you're looking for a place to watch the race this afternoon. Thirty Four Rush would be a great place to do it. Tons of big screens, awesome food, great adult beverages. Uh, highly recommend heading down to Thirty Four Rush if you're looking for a place to watch the race today. Batavia Downs Gaming is open daily, eight a.m. until four a.m. They're right off the throughway exit forty eight. You can't miss it. For more information, be sure to follow Batavia Downs Gaming on Facebook and Twitter for updated information on all promotions and discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination. Tell them you heard about them right here on Fast Track. Hi. This is Ryan Blaney, driving number 21, Motocraft Quick Lane Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. How about Ryan Blaney today? Could he get the Wood Brothers their second Daytona 500 win here in the last decade or so? It was a huge upset for Trevor Bain. Ryan Blaney winning today, it would. I don't think that would be an upset. I mean, like I said, the Fords have been so strong. That's 
basically a Penske satellite operation there with the with the Wood Brothers. So I mean they they've got just as good stuff as Logano and Keselowski. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, Ryan Blaney somehow found a way to win today's race. Uh, Ryan starts. Uh, deep in the field, though, 36 today. But again, again, like I said, that doesn't matter a ton. But uh, I would it would be a super cool if he did it. And B, it wouldn't. Like I said, I don't think it'd be an upset. It would be uh, a pleasant surprise. But uh, I think with with the horsepower the Fords have shown, and uh, he could be plenty capable of uh, winning today's uh, great American race as an outside shot. Uh, 11.56 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Uh, trouble getting hold of Tyler Ripkema. We'll try again in the second hour. So coming up, we're coming back for a whole another hour. Hope you stick with us. Again, 803-0551-888-552-550. Coming up at 12.15, we'll talk to Alex Nagy from the Jucasa Motor Speedway, formerly known as the Cayuga Motor Speedway in Nell's Corners, Ontario. And then the rest of the way will be open phone lines. So we'd love to hear from you. Your picks to win the Great American Race, uh, your championship picks maybe your uh, final four for homestead your thoughts on all the rule changes and again uh, your uh, daytona 500 party games or uh, wagering you like to do on uh, the great american race maybe you uh, you do uh, a pool of some kind or picking names out of a hat or just what you do to maybe uh, do a little wagering on today's race would love to hear about that too uh, like i said earlier in the program i've i go uh, i've gone to phoenix and played a little game where you Take a deck of cards. You take each card and write a, drive, a driver that's in the race on the card, and everybody picks two cards, and whoever has the lowest total score at the end of the race wins the pot. If you have something similar, I'd love to hear about that too. As a Daytona 500, it's you know like like the old saying goes, it's the Super Bowl of stock car racing, and everybody likes to have a good time uh, watching this race every year. So uh, love to hear your thoughts on that as well too. When we get back for hour number two of the Daytona 500 preview edition of Fast Track here on WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 